Welcome, Rejects, to our new swirly episode of the Full Sand Rejects. Today, we got some of our pre-topic banter, including a Floridian who claimed to never get hangovers and ends up facing her first hangover. We talk about some video game wars and whatever Kegel Power means. Our topics for this episode include the Rolling Hills Asylum in New York, part one of our two-parter of a Bible John discussion, and the real reason why the Mad Hatters go mad. Uh, this episode is going to be a good one, so let's get into it and full send it, and hopefully you yourself won't get too hung up from this episode, because <laughs> we're going to start with that hangover. <laughs> we'll be tomorrow, trust me. Yeah. Miss Liz, I don't get hangovers. Jasinski got a hangover. <laughs> uh, my poor baby. <laughs> oh man, she was hurt. Uh, my first hangover. I don't even think we were that bad. Well, see, because we, me and you, we didn't mix liquors. Mm. Liz was That's like, "What I said." Liz was like, "I can. I don't get hangovers. I can do that." <laughs> has tequila, vodka, and rye whiskey. Yeah, the rye whiskey and the tequila is where you fuck up. Yeah. yeah. That was a bad move. You know, they say if you're going to go dark, stay dark. And if you're going to go with the clear, stay clear. But that doesn't always make sense either. If you're going to stick to one type of spirit, stick with it. Don't change it. Rum yeah. and vodka. You gotta revenge, though. I was hungover as shit on Sunday. <laughs> It wasn't that night where I threw up. It's out of nowhere. I threw up the next day, didn't I? Yeah, because you and Billy started the hair of the dog first thing in the morning. And then you continuously started to progress your your beer drinking throughout the day. Because you staggered it. But it was still in your system. So by the time you started... Oh, we did. That didn't stagger shit. Well, (laughs) Anthony, he went from like, all right, well, here's beer, here's beer, here's beer. To beer, beer, beer. Beer, eat, beer, 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 eat. Shot, shot, shot. Shot, shot, eat something, shot, beer, shot, something. shot, eat, beer, 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 shot, shot. Where he was on the phone with CJ, and it was three shots within 10, beer, 10 minutes of time. I went from feeling pretty okay to I was throwing up in maybe five minutes. Yeah. It escalated quickly. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Uh, may that just be because I beat your ass in the show? Oh. Well... I was I, I came you back from Bill. Like you know, since we're on topic, you beat my ass. What exactly happened when I brought my hitting uh, options down to your level where it's easier? What happened after that? Okay, removing the PCI did not make it easier. I mean, it well, does, but it doesn't change levels. You do realize that the skill that I play at it says this is the most advanced option. That is the descriptor that that it provides. You've been trying to come up with excuses all week, haven't you? Uh, no, I did not come up with one because I thought of this excuse the very same day, and I didn't say anything all week. So you couldn't come up with a comeback. You're still missing. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I planned this. I'm the best at video games. No one can beat me. No, but when when I lowered it to her level, I started winning. So our annual was also. Playing as the Padres and the Mariners. I was playing as the Pirates. Not for all of it. I forget who else we played as. Uh, we'll oh, the Rays were wrong. Yeah, I lost as the Rays, too. But yeah, Anthony is someone who takes video games so seriously that if he doesn't... No, I don't. 
I take all games. Are you shitting me? I take all games serious. What did you? What app did you download on your phone because you were dead set on beating our annual Christmas game? Tetris. Tetris. No, my point is, I take all games serious. A video game from fucking the seventies and eighties, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get better at this game, and I'm gonna beat you at it." (laughs) Take that. Just came out the new Tetris. Yeah, but we whip out the old Nintendo. We blow in that bitch and we stick it in there, do the left right movement, wait a couple times, <laughs> and get our old fucking controllers out. We do it all. Wiggle, sp- wiggle. Yeah, we wiggle, wiggle. Hey, Billy, how was Mortal Kombat? You know, after I beat you in the show a bunch, I didn't even care. Yeah, it, it, it didn't help that I won. We had to go back to the show to where I eventually did win a couple. Yeah. You you didn't stop playing it. You guys were literally gaming all day. You didn't stop until you won something or felt like you were just a couple. Do you know how long it's been since I've been able to just sit for a day and play video games with my friends? Since I was like 12. (laughs) You guys were living your best life. We were. It was at a point I didn't even care that I was losing at first. It It was good. It was fun. My favorite part was Billy turned around and said, thank you for letting us do this. <laughs> like, I was mom, and I was giving you permission. I was sitting there like, no chores, video games. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Lizzo let me play video games all day. Because, like, obviously it makes me happy, but I don't get to play with my friends all the time. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Like, ever. Yeah. However, um, speaking of playing with your friends... Uh, we are extremely, extremely <laughs> close to the wedding. I don't know anybody who listens to our podcast has either a planned their own wedding or planning to plan a wedding. The courthouse sounds so appealing. I planned one of those weddings. Yeah, it's easier. It's cheaper. so much easier and cheaper. But you know, today. Today was a reminder why why we're doing what we're doing, and I look forward to September 9th, even though the courthouse does seem appealing at times. I want. I'm totally using your wedding as a reason for a vacation. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, a lot of people were saying like they're going to take off that way they can come in town and. I mean, I loved that's that's one of the things that I was worried about is that all these people were going to come in from out of town and we were not going to be able to spend any time with them outside of the actual wedding day. And it's just it sucks. It's one of those one of those blink and you miss it moments and all these people we haven't seen in so long. So it's, we got the Olympics. That's going to be a week long hangover until the wedding. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a week. That's going to be our week of rest. That might become an episode. Yes. That might become that episode So in the following week. I think we should do not only just pre-topic uh, banter. I think there should be like a, some kind of a segment to where we, we give uh, our listeners a little taste of what we are capable of. And then we'll follow it up with the aftermath. If we don't record <laughs> during. We're not recording that. I week. don't see how that. I mean, we audio. No, clip. there's fucking no way. I'm sure we can save that audio clips on your phone to where we can record. Honestly, over. now I think about it, that week, if I can recover, it might be the week to republish the Kraken everything else episode. 
Yeah, so thought. we don't have to worry about recording an episode. It can be a or just record shit from the Beer Olympics and po- post it that week. I mean, we can do that too. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, so what did you Yo, there's a pool table there, right? Yes. Yep. I think badminton. Oh, like Our shuffleboard. There's a couple things there, so we're about we're about to have some fun. Uh, this, <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, um, I had quite a fun fun weekend pa- this past weekend, and. Um, I just want to let everybody know, uh, especially our women listeners, the power of Kegels. Kegel power activate. To remember to do them, to strengthen your core. And men will thank you for it. I know Anthony does. (laughs) He appreciates it. So there's a public service announcement from the full side rejects. Perform Kegels. Keep those vaginal walls tight. They're magically delicious. Jesus. Speaking of delicious, Anthony made these potato pancakes, or as you uh, Pennsylvanians call them, uh, bellinis. Were they shredded or mashed? They were shredded. shredded. You're goddamn right they were. I'm so proud of you. Why the fuck? Why would you think I would mash potatoes? No, that's mashed. There's other food. No. Potato pancakes. That's what technically a potato pancake is, but a bellini is the shredded. See, he gets it. See, I went. I, I, Spooky I, County, I, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Schuylkill so, County Pollock over here. Yeah. See, I'm not a Schuylkill County or uh, from Schuylkill or a Pollock. So, where I come from, a potato pancake is shredded. Just like. To be oh, fair, I keep Liz is still trying to learn the difference, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like pigs in a blanket are not. Goddamn foreigners. Yeah. Everything is back aspers. But anyways, I'm going to give this man praise for these goddamn Bellinis. They were the best thing he's ever made. And I fish potatoes out of a creek. <laughs> wow, you made your child. That's <laughs> what I said. She said I'm like, oh, never mind that I made a fucking child with you. Um, I'm sorry. You made the child? I helped. Or five. You went fifty percent for about ten seconds. I'm sorry. Did you make the child? I did. No, you grew the child. I okay. Incubated. I nurtured. Yeah, that's not I, the main thing. I grew it. It. My air. My heart. Everything. My body. Your fucking out. attitude. Yes, all of it. All of it made a child. It no, it grew. I made it. She's a sassy bitch, by the way. Italians. <laughs> You leave my sass. She is so sassy. I love her so much. She gets to that point now to where everybody's like, give me a kiss. And she just like stiff arms them. Not me. No, the happiest. This girl is the happiest when she sees her father for the first time in the day. It is the cutest thing in the world. Yeah. That was the cutest post I saw all day. Yeah. I mean, I wish I need to record it. I need to be able to just. She helped me write this episode today. (laughs) She, her whole entire mindset, her, her face, her, her legs start kicking. She's gets all giddy, squealy, pterodactyl squeaking. It's like Billy when he hits his freaking dab pen for the first time in the morning. It's the happiest time. <laughs> it's like Liz when she gets drunk and doesn't get a hint over. <laughs> <laughs> it's that first poop of the day for you. It's me hitting that snooze for the first time in the morning. <laughs> The little- oh, I can't wait to see it to seven o'clock tomorrow. It's gonna be great. 
<laughs> compared to my 430 normal. Fuck that snooze button. You're going to snooze. I'm going to throw it. Speaking of cooking skills, though, sir, I'm highly convinced that he's only marrying me because of my cooking abilities. I was like, going to my Bellinis. Oh, no, I, I agreed to that before I ate My Bellinis and my Heinies. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't good tonight. Oh, that was really good steak. We killed in the past two days. Yeah. My dumbass want to order out. Ugh. You dumb son of a bitch. She's like, what should we do tonight? I'm like, oh, we can order Wendy's, Applebee's. She's like, I can make something. And I'm like. You started with Wendy's? Come on. Right. I was trying to be easy, okay? Fuck me. Like, order from Applebee's is expensive. Not that Applebee's doesn't have good food, but. If I'm going to Applebee's, oh, I think it's something different. I went Wendy's because it was closer, and we always have Taco Bellies once a week. McDonald's is right there. I think we're kind of a little sick of McDonald's. There's other options. Wendy's is over there. All right, I rescind my statement. Wendy's is my let's do something different. Yeah, so I get it. It's the I want fast food, but let's do something different. As okay, if I'm going to go more high class, we can do Applebee's. They but, do. They do got those four for fours, man. Exactly. Four for four. No, I think they did away with the four for four. No, they said the four for four and they have a five for five. The five dollar biggie bag. Four for four is a lot more fun to say. Four for four. Four for four. Four for four. Just um, yeah, he he, I got him a T bone. T bone. And this man was making love to it. He cleaned that motherfucker so good, and he just kept looking at me like I I don't even. I looked into her eyes. Right, let's put the kid to bed early. I stared into her <laughs> eyes as I put the bone into my mouth and sucked the sucked it dry. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was questioning my not only his sex, but <laughs> I was questioning if I subscribed to something that I didn't know of. <laughs> it was well, like, brings up on the finger now. <laughs> well. I had a Budweiser product in me beforehand, so you know that that tender meat, oh, full that, of flavor. That Anheuser Busch is really getting to you. <laughs> I'm drinking Bud Light right now. Because <laughs> that T bone turned you on, Billy. I said, I'm sad. I'm sad. I missed that. <laughs> oh, the whole meal was delicious. Oh man, Cole, that one thing that Cole got the other night was good. It was so delicious. Why you finish your steak? I was full. So was I. Motherfucker. I kept going. Well, I don't eat till I make myself sick. I'm not sick, am I? You did. You. We don't associate with quitters. <laughs> yeah, this is a full send podcast, not a full. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm full podcast. You literally eat yourself into a shit coma. I also sleep without to wake up and shit. So I can go outside, breathe this Canadian wildfire air, and not come in and have to take a shit. It's getting okay. better again. I semi respect my body more than you do. <laughs> with, the, with the exception of greasy food and alcohol, I respect my body. Oh, yeah. What do you want? To, what should we get from tonight? Taco Bell, please. Okay, but Taco Bell doesn't send me to the bathroom like I send you to the bathroom. And don't disrespect Taco Bell. I'm just, I'm just saying it. Don't be like, I cherish my body. I want Taco Bell I five days said, out of the week. No one ever said I cherish my body. I said I am I, I I slightly respect it more than you do. <laughs> you, your body's respect is like this much. Like 2%. My body is a temple. It's a fucking alley in the red light district. I don't understand how you don't have a beer gut. 
I don't understand why you don't look like a Jewish Santa Claus with the amount of beer that you drink. <laughs> Your metabolism. I Yeah, that's literally what's saving my life, my metabolism. Yeah, it's made out of crack. Hyperthyroidism. <laughs> right. It's untreated. Great. It's crazy. It's mad. It is mad. Mad as a hatter? Mad, mad as a hatter. As a hatter. Ooh, that- look at that. I helped with the segue. <laughs> He saw the opportunity and he took it. Good job, Billy. <laughs> Proud of you. All right. Well, tonight's episode, I am doing the Mad Hatter. Uh, a lot of people know it from Alice in Wonderland, but today I'm going to give you guys a backstory of the actual real story of white people uh, where it came from. It's I remember really, the Batman bit. Isn't that does, an urban legend? Doesn't involve a rabbit? No. Four o'clock. Good. Oh, that's the Magic Hatter. Yeah, sorry to disappoint you. Well, long before the very talented, sexy <laughs> Johnny Depp played the fictional Alice in Wonderland character, uh, Mad Hatter, there was plenty of real-life hat makers that lived with this uh, neurological challenge. Modern knowledge about these tools of the trade explained that there was mercury poisoning and it was behind their craft and odd behavior. You just said crapped. Crapped. You said crapped. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. So I'll replay this after this. And you're like, oh, I did say crapped. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, whatever I said. And I'm not going to edit it. And you're not going to edit it. Anywho. Just edited crap. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, just like these hatters that get your needle going. The expression mad as a hatter is based on the real-life practice of the hatters that was beginning in the 17th century. It turns out that the process that they used to make their hats was uh, was poisoning them, and uh, it was driving them insane. It wasn't until 1941 where the hatters discovered what was causing them to behave so strangely. Thanks, Germany. Yeah, first off, that was a real bad year. Second, (laughs) this is real intriguing. I did not know any of this. (laughs) <laughs> Japan's in Pearl Harbor. There's some guy with that. Like, huh? Is it so? It's causing this. A bitch. <laughs> just, I hope that's the case. You just run to the doctor on Pearl Harbor. Guess what I discovered? <laughs> We're a little busy. <laughs> Go on with your silly hats. <laughs> All right. How poisonous chemicals created the phase Mad Hatter? Uh, you remember when Alice encounters the Mad Hatter at the tea party? No. Yep. <laughs> you, you Wait, which, which version are we going with here? I, well, I feel like the original Alice in Wonderland. Okay, Dark. then yes. Uh, he continuously uh, interrupts her with these bizarre logic and increased hostility. Kind of like what Anthony's doing now. I think he really needs to go to the doctor and get checked. I've been wearing a lot of hats recently. <laughs> <laughs> And, oh shit! That's uh, why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> uh, and this left Alice dreadfully puzzled with uh, why he was acting the way he did. And after some time, she she eventually gave up, stopped away, and said it was the stupidest tea party she's ever been to her whole entire life. Ungrateful. And he sat there. It was an unbirthday party, ungrateful bitch. <laughs> yeah, ungrateful bitch. But at that point, when if you if you I don't know the last time you saw the movie, but he continuously just bounces around and he just seems this disoriented and 
all types of crazy. Even yeah, after, yeah, even after she's like, "Yo, fuck you, I'm out of here. You, you're just too much for me." Hatter had been inspired by the non-fictional real-life person. Um, this is a uh, Theopolis. Theopolis. You good on that? Good job, Theopolis. Yeah, yeah no, that's loud. Uh, who was said to be uh, who was said to wear a top hat all the time? So Victoria Age uh, Hatters, uh, they they all I don't know if you remember, but like back in the day, they all like had dapper dress code and they wore those big top hats. And unfortunately, I was born in the twenty first century, so I do not remember. No, it's just <laughs> if you look at photos, you. Mm. Right, raise that hand against me, you Italian. Crush you against the Allies. Said in. 1941 with your Mad Hatters. That's just the way she talks. No, she raised her hand at me. I was scared. Oh, yeah. That's you're... just the way she talks. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't in the, you know, the the fingers coming together. It was a palm. Oh, oh no. I can't stand you. I'm going for milk. Going for cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> Anyways. Victorian age hatters really did tend to face um, neurological challenges, including the tremors, the slurs, uh, their their speech was, well, their slurred speech, and they also had irritability. Uh, they, it wasn't so much madness, it was the poison. And this is the fun part. So was this the poison they were supposed to get the Cusco? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been much more interesting if they had all turned the llamas. <laughs> All the poisons look the same. You should really mark them differently. <laughs> He's supposed to be mad. He's supposed to be dead. Throughout the 19th century, before the um, the industrials, uh, the, uh, the industry had safety standards. Uh, the hat makers used mercury to cure the felt that was in the hats. Felt that. <sighs> Though it wasn't done. Yeah, it counts. Though it wasn't known then, the mercury was a neurotoxin. Well, after years of inhaling vapors of the mercury, hatmakers would begin to exhibit some very bizarre and disturbing symptoms. Its early stages of mercury poison show, show up as rashes, muscle pain, digestive issues, and mouth sores. In other words, they basically had the symptoms that might as well have been unnoticed by anyone other than the other ones that were suffering at this point. No, it had no signs of insanity. So at that point, they just all went around looking like Schuylkill County methods. Must have had a convention at Turkey Hill. <laughs> what up, Ashley? Every morning. Every morning. <laughs> so after the long-term exposure of the mercury vapors, um, however, is when the symptoms became more severe. These range from irritability, tremors, jerk movements, uh, memory problems, difficulty concentrating, in extreme cases, uh, hallucinations. Dun, dun, dun. Can you imagine? So there might be a white rabbit involved after all. There could be. <laughs> Can you imagine just one Wait, day? do I have mercury poisoning? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Is this mercury or is this weed? Hmm. One day you're like, man, my stomach hurts, my back hurts, I got canker sores, and then the next day you're just looking like Michael J. Fox in the thriller Aside video. Aside from the sores, you're pretty dead on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the side effects and, to- uh, and the toxicity of the uh, mercury poison um, were only identified 
in the 1950 the 1950s um, century after the hat makers and and plenty of the researchers that began working on this compound. In fact, uh, historical accounts that the show Sir Isaac Newton and many other famous scientists suffered from mercury poison. Gravity is fake. <laughs> he hallucinated. Gravity is mercury. That apple wasn't real. He was just tripping. Still, even today, chronic mercury poison is sometimes called the Mad Hatter's disease. Thanks to better diagnosis and more rigorous public health and occupational um, safety standards, the disease in its extreme is very rare. Uh, a lot of times that people get this, I didn't put that in there, is uh, light bulbs. Some light bulbs still contain... Mm. Uh, mercury, those large industrial ones. So if it breaks, if you breathe it in, you can end up having a slight moment of hallucination. What do the light bulbs rashes. have mercury? Uh, there are certain light bulbs that that used to back in, like older, like older buildings. I was thinking of like the thermo- thermometers, but the- thermometers have them too. But light bulbs, like the oh, long industrial not- ones, that that's why they say it's not good to crack them over people's. You know, they tell you not to <laughs> smack them against people. Oh, that I do anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so long live deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, plenty of the earlier hatters and the scientists paid the real price, driven mad by tools of the trade. This unfortunate cautionary tale is not only about the hazards of chemical exposure, but the, dam- the dangers of labeling somebody mad before you get to know the details of what ailments they may be facing. Hmm. That is the story of the Mad Hatter. I will still get a top hat. Hmm. I have a top hat. I'm looking at oh. it right now. <laughs> Sophisticated madman. Yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we shall dine on hallucinations tonight. Well, let's see what contains mercury. Mercury. Shoot, some foods like fish and stuff contain mercury. Oh, yeah. I get sick off of them. Batteries, thermometers, electrical switches, and some lamps, including some light bulbs. See? And pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it used to be big in hospitals, too. The solid mercury. Serious. Okay. Nurses used to play with it. I'm not realizing. I think I actually do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I forget what exactly it was for, but we, I think, even though it's in a metal, it's in like a liquid form. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So unique that nurses would like sit there and play with it. It's like putty. <laughs> the original silly putty. Just with cancer. <laughs> and hallucination. Thanks, corporate America and pharmaceuticals. Don't worry. I heard if you get Mad Hatter's disease, there's a great actual asylum in New York you can go to. Oh, you did that segue. You didn't have to. <laughs> and it's still not an asylum. In you put a here, you bastard. It's an asylum to The me. headline that says asylum. Yeah, you literally titled this Rolling Hills Asylum. We're going to say next, it's actually Rolling Hills. Ugh. I get into it later as to why I don't believe the asylum. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. Okay. <laughs> I also believe fake news, but I'm glad they changed the name. It's way better than what it was. I'm just going to grab a beer here and get ready for this. I was going to say, go ahead. You're. First, you're drinking a Bud Light saying you're silence and not asylum. It's a poor farm. Come on. (laughs) Oh, it's a farm? Oh, wait. They got beer there. Go ahead. Continue. (laughs) I'll wait for Kodak because the first joke is good. 
I regret my beer. Let's go. All right. The Rolling Hills Asylum, which is apparently fake news. Uh, I hope you're not too poor to grab a beer. We're headed to Genesee County, New York. Woo. But more notably known through, throughout history as the Genesee County Poor Farm. Uh, for the people who care about how words make people feel, it was affectionately known as the Old County Home. Uh, if you guys ever remember hearing your parents say you'll send them to the poorhouse, this is what they were talking about. I'm not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get us canceled before I even... Oh, because that's the worst we've said. Uh, actually, yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, the idea of poor farms stemmed from the lovely British. However, they used poor, poor houses to kind of shame people like, this is what you don't want to be. Uh, America kind of changed the approach to, we're here to help, even though they were kind of still pretty terrible. Uh, the term poor farm is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, this particular poor farm sat on nearly 100 acres in the north of New York. Uh, at one time, it was the exact center of Genesee County, but that's since changed because new counties, it was the 1800s, things work like that. Well, it had a lot of land. Sounds nice. Yeah, potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like a old tavern, too. I, I have that in here somewhere. Uh, in 1824, an act to provide establishment of county poorhouses passed and passed and after purchasing a one-time tavern, there it is, on December 4th, 1826, it was announced in the Batavia Times that on the first day of January, the poorhouse would be ready for the reception of poppers. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I picked this place for how often we get to say poppers in the write-up, but it <laughs> definitely does help. It's a fancy word for saying people are poor. Yes. Oh, Papa, let's deal with the puppers. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> the announcement continued to back to I literally wrote it. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, the announcement continued to beckon all overseers of the four in the cities of the county to send them their puppers to the poorhouse with all their belongings, including bedding. Um, as it may be necessary and useful to them. Farm was even known to take in uh, full families of the destiny. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> One of the very few documentations I have for this place is an intake <laughs> of a widow and her children who, after Papa died, couldn't support themselves and were sent to the county home. Uh, women weren't legally allowed to own property at the time. So close. You almost had the first half, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, I think it's because it was spaced out so Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 I literally almost read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I saw him write it. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to just... He's not even going to realize he read it. Oh, inside jokes. Oh. Uh, the Popper families weren't the only ones who were welcomed into the farm. Uh, as we've seen from other places I've covered, there were plenty of reasons to be sent to the old county home. Uh, first reason listed is habitual drunkards. So we're going to upstate New York, guys. Woo! Uh, disabled folks known at the time as state poppers who were blind, lame, old, or disabled with no means of income were also welcomed. 
uh, defined lunatics were also welcomed, and this time they gave a good definition of what technically constitutes it. Their reasoning is one who, by disease, grief, or accident, lost the use of reason or from old age, sickness, or weakness, was so weak of mind as to be incapable of governing or managing their affairs. That is a newspaper article, and it hurts my brain. <laughs> so they're just making up reasons to make someone into a pauper. Um, kind of. But it was also kind of like where you just sent your unwanted town folk. So kind of like a... um Exile. Yeah, kind of like to a ghetto or something. Yeah, more more or less. It's kind of like that, if we're really being honest. Okay. But, like, the mayor or whatever in the town could just decide to send these people to the poor farm. Right. I wasn't actually able to find anything as to stop fucking typing. <laughs> okay, I'm done now. I'm sorry. My periphery is very good. Uh, I wasn't able to find anything as to when they started accepting the lunatics. Uh, but in 1828, the county constructed another building attached to the main building to house said lunatic. The farm would take in all kinds of cases, but beginning in 1887, the Board of Supervisors agreed to send those suffering with acute insanity to Buffalo State Asylum. Uh, I don't know anything about this place, but the word asylum makes it worth looking into, so maybe stay tuned to a future episode. Buffalo Soldier. I hear you have to pay some big bills. Taken from pauper land. <laughs> Farm itself has several jobs for the inmates, including raising cows, horses, pigs, chickens, and ducks, crops, jarring jams and jellies. Uh, they had a bakery and uh, even a wood shop. I'm not entirely sure if anything else was made in the wood shop, but they made mostly coffins. Oh. Uh, either, yeah, either they would sell the coffins into the community or just use it, you know, for the farm years, as they did have a cemetery at one point. But uh, it pretty much got overtaken by the habitat, and it was kind of forgotten. Nature wins for once. It sure did. Uh, in 2004, a memorial was erected for the forgotten graves in the county park after five headstones turned up, probably in someone's yard. Oh, uh, did I call them inmates at the beginning of this? The residents of the farm were only known as inmates, uh, no matter why they were there, really. Keep in mind, there's like four-year-olds walking around being called inmates, which that feels fucked up to me. You know, listening to your segments never stops me from being proud of this country. Yeah, no, we did a lot of good things. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking New York. Uh, honestly, the history is real hard to come by, but the farm did grow to over 200 acres of farmland and wooded areas after purchasing more land in 1882. Uh, they also added several more buildings throughout the acreage. And inmates had a new job now uh, to cut down trees that they used to heat the grounds with the, you know, stoves or whatever they had. Uh, after the county purchased the grounds in 1915, the superintendent of the port, which that was a thing, hmm. uh, planted 159,000 trees on the ground. The county decided then to name the land surrounding the farm the Genesee County Park and Forest, establishing the first county forest in the state around a poor farm. 
So this farm of poppers ended up becoming the first actual county forest. Uh, yep, that's right. Huh. In the state. In the state. Good for them. Ear forest. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got Jenny for this exact episode, but I stuck to my bite roots. Uh, in 1938, an infirmary for the county was added to the ground, and in 1960, the poorhouse underwent a name change after converting to the Genesee County Nursing Home. Unfortunately, due to a bunch of reasons, but most notably lack of water and wheelchair ramps, uh, the nursing home closed its doors in 74. I feel wheelchair ramps are probably, like, standard for a nursing home. Well, what probably happens, yeah, I think it's... I don't know when it happened, but when we made law that, you know, these pub, any public place had to have wheelchair ramps... So they probably just never really put them in. It's mandatory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that, but like, it's a nursing home. Well, they're probably looking at their budget and it's like, all right, do we want to plant 5,000 more trees or put in a ramp? Let's put some work into the dungeon. Yeah. Uh, after it closed, the ground sat empty for the next 10 years. Um, the county did tear down several of the smaller buildings, fearing the homeless population would try to use the buildings as squatters. Ironic. Um, you, yeah, the same problem that, you know, they were trying to fight in the very beginning. Come full circle. Uh, although there is very little known history of the treatment of the patients, there's a huge ghost story surrounding the poorhouse. Uh, Roy Kraus, the son of a prominent banker in the area, was dumped at the poor farm at the age of 12. His father, a prominent banker of the county, claimed Roy was an embarrassment to the family because Roy suffered from gigantism. Oh, I lost my place. Uh, even though Roy was dumped and probably had a shitty 12 years leading up to the poorhouse, he was a gentle giant to anyone who knew him. Coolest story I've heard actually comes long after the facility. When a new owner purchased the buildings and grounds, she became frightened by a rat she had seen in the infirmary. Uh, the following day, the woman came in to find the rat dead, seemingly with a broken neck, and a giant bloody handprint over the rat. Uh, several people believe this was the spirit of Roy, still trying to be pr a protective, gentle giant long after his death. Uh, investigators have claimed to have seen Roy's giant shadow. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I was on such a roll. <laughs> I'm sorry. Roy's giant shadow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you came wet. You got a lot closer to me doing it that time. <laughs> Should be this time. I was on such a roll. <laughs> oh, I forgot to make up today. Look, crying. Oh, the rooster. <laughs> anyway, my friends are dicks. Investigators see Roy's shadow and giant. I don't think anyone sees his dick. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. We apologize. Uh, even though Roy was a very sweet, well-educated man, there were people lurking through the hospital who weren't as great. Uh, the nurse, only known as Nurse Emmy, was known to torture the inmates and was believed to be part of the dark arts and even believed to be in a local coven that uh, is apparently still around today. Hmm. I've heard uh, visit uh... claimed to have do they partake in shadow uh, shadow magic? Uh, there is shadow magic later. Oh, oh. people to the shadow realm with his shadow. 
skill. Roy's changing lives, okay? One shaft at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Visitors claim to have heard the nurses cackling, laughing, doors banging in the infirmary, uh, and the sound of shoes squeaking like the old tiny nurse shoes. (laughs) I have to fucking proofread before I start reading. Uh, on the second floor, the men's dormitory is now known as the Shadow Hallway. Obviously, shadow figures are very prevalent up here as they have been documented walking out of the doors, across the hallway, peeking out of rooms, and even crawling on the floor, much like my creeper boy from Waverly Hills. Uh, I can't really do a creepy shit about a place like this without talking about solitary confinement. Uh, solitary was one small room with several metal brackets hanging out of the wall. Unruly patients were kept here, and I don't just mean the ones who were criminals. Inmates suffering from actual medical conditions, like Alzheimer's, Tourette's, even just unruly wives were placed out in solitary, uh, shackled to the wall in complete darkness. Uh, visitors have reported feelings of nausea, and some even claim they've been hit and punched in a dungeon-like confinement. Sounds like they suck at Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Especially the unruly wives. Beware of the shadows. Uh, our last stop on our spooky tour takes us down to the morgue, which is known to have a very violent poltergeist activity-like thing. Uh, several people have stated that they were pushed down to the tile floor by an unseen presence. Uh, disembodied voices are also a very common occurrence in the morgue. Likely the cries of the suffering inmates or the angry yell or the angry yells of the dick who's living down there shoving people. His note. I okay, as well say I can't tell if you put that in there at this point or if you just try to mess with him. No, that was his note. Yeah, no, that was totally me. Uh though I encouraged the name change to Rolling Hills Asylum from Poor Farm. Uh, the farm itself was never a typical asylum the way I would think of them, the way we're throwing that word around. The Genesee Poor Farm was initially a good sent- sentiment, but the suffering of the inmates endured probably wasn't much different than a normal asylum. Uh, from typical injury of just working on the conditions to being wives chained to walls, uh, while some of the spirits are kind of like Roy, others are angry and malignant <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Billy, we're doing it live. Come on. Well, some of the spirits are kind of like Roy. Others are are angry and willing to show it to whoever they can. Show what the shadow. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Rolling Hills Asylum is open to tours and even provide private ghost hunts. So we're gonna add this to the list of random, not haunted, or. The list of random haunted not asylums that I want to visit. I feel like this place. I feel like this place is like a lot of other uh, not asylums and asylums where there was a good thought at first and then it just went downhill. The history of shit that happened there is so fucking minimal. Well, got got goddamn shadow cockrats running around. Um, he's breaking rats next next with his dick. Speaking of shadow cocks, Bible John, <laughs> the master shadow cock of them all. Now he's kind of an asshole. Um, oh, that shadow, that shadow cock comes going to come back in her bite later. He did some mean things. I didn't do anything. 
I ain't do shit. I'm fixing a joint at the moment. Huh, well, while you do a joint, we'll uh, begin Bible John, a unidentified serial killer who murdered three young women in Glasgow, Scotland, between 1968 and 1969. His victims were all brunette women from the age of 25 to 32. And interestingly enough, each victim met their killer at the Barland Ballroom, a music video music venue and ballroom located in the city of Glasgow that was even featured in music videos for the rock band Simple Minds. These three murders would launch one of the greatest manhunts in Scottish history and would be the first time the Crown Office authorized a publication of a composite drawing of an individual suspected of murder. So where does the name Bible John, John come from? Well, Bible John would often quote the Bible towards his victims, particularly passages about adultery. So, yeah, this is kind of another case of religion ironically being part of a serial killer's motive. Just some food for thought there. At one point, police believed they convicted a serial killer and sex offender, Peter Tobin, for being responsible for these murders due to the similarities of his convicted cases and these cases. However, police later ruled him out after uh, they actually did some looking into it and realized that he moved away from the area before the second and third murders. So, like I said, there were three victims, but who were they and how did they meet their end? Well, the first one, on February 23rd of 1968, the body of 25-year-old nurse Patricia Docker was uh, her body was found in the doorway of a lockup garage by a man on his way to work. Patricia's body was found only yards away from her residence with signs of blunt force trauma. Police believed she was killed via choking with a belt and her clothing, handbag, and watch were missing. However, her handbag and watch were found in a nearby pool of water. Gets worse. <laughs> it always gets worse. <laughs> That's my theme. I, I build up to uh, where it gets worse. I had a friendly giant in mind, and you're just being an ass. All right. Well, you had a shadow cock, and I had a Scottish cock in mind. So, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. He was an extra friendly ghost. This guy was not friendly. Uh, police would conduct door-to-door interviews, hoping to find a witness. One local resident did recall hearing a woman scream, leave me alone, the previous night. But, you know, she did nothing about it. There was a little, yeah, you know, why, why go that extra mile to see if someone's, you know, okay when they when you hear screaming, leave me alone. Uh, there was little hard evidence. my dude. <laughs> Jesus. There was <laughs> hard evidence gathered at the scene. However, a responding ambulance, ambulance man, which I guess is just an EMT for those times, recognized the victim as a nurse from Mernshire Hospital in Renwishire. Her father would officially confirm her identity the following day. Uh, Docker would leave behind a child from an estranged husband. Uh, the night of her murder, she told her parents that she'd be going to dance at the Majestic Ballroom. However, she would spend the majority of the night at the Barland Ballroom due to a special event being held and what I will suppose is the first ballroom not being majestic enough. Yeah, I hope it's those bur- they have those burgers. All those burgers were good. Great for Hanover Street. I had one the next day. Yeah. A uh, An autopsy was performed by the University of Glasgow Medical School 
and revealed the cause of death to be strangulation, but they did not find much evidence of sexual assault. However, the stage of rigor mortis indicated that she died shortly after leaving the ballroom. Investigators believed that Patricia was grabbed by the neck, beaten as she screamed, leave me alone, then was proceeded to be raped, then strangled, before her body was dumped without clothing at the garage. Now, fast forward to Saturday, August 16th, 1969. The second victim, a 31-year-old, Jemimai McDonald, decided to spend an evening dancing at the Barland Ballroom. Now, this was a common thing for her, and in fact, her sister Margaret would often watch her three kids, so Jemimai can go enjoy some dancing and sometimes some maple syrup. Remember I told you today I was getting a little silly? Mm -hmm. It gets worse. Uh, around midnight, Jemimai was seen by several witnesses to be with a young, well-dressed man who was slim built between the ages of 25 and 35 and just over 5 feet 12 inches in height. 5 feet 12? 5 feet 12. This man had short, dark brown hair, spoke with a local accent, and constantly used Bible quotations while in conversation. So you now we're starting to come around to where the uh, Bible and Bible John comes from. Oh, yeah, he sounds like a real cool guy to hang out with. Oh, yeah. Gets worse. Jemimai was seen leaving with this man shortly after midnight, walking towards her home, and was last seen at around 12.40 a.m. Margaret became concerned when her sister, Jemimai, did not return home and soon began to hear rumors that children found a body nearby on McKeith Street in an old house. Margaret quickly made her way to the house, fearing the worst. And the worst became a reality as she discovered her sister's body lying face down and severely beaten with her shoes and stockings lying beside her. What a twist. Yeah, what? You, who would have thought that coming? An autopsy concluded that Gemini was most likely raped and extensively beaten, especially in the facial area, before being strangled by her own stockings. Her time of death was placed roughly 30 hours before her body was discovered. She was actually left with her clothes on. However, underclothing had been torn. And I didn't state this before because I thought being, you know, throw this in later. Just like the first victim, she was menstruating at the time of her death. What is this, a bear? That, I, both of these things come up later. <laughs> Several eyewitnesses were able to describe the man that Gemini left with. And there were witnesses that heard screams of a woman from the night before. However, none of this information led to any more credible information for the police, and the investigation began to go cold. Now, as you're listening to this, and you guys are reading along with me here, you might be thinking, huh, you have two murders, very similar. Mm -hmm. There might be a connection here between one person doing two crimes, right? Not the Glasgow City Police, because despite all these similarities, they did not believe that the same person did both crimes. Yeah. As I said, the murder investigation of Docker soon became a cold case due to the little information gathered and the lack of witnesses and hard evidence. The investigation was also set back since they did not think to uh, figure out where she was at, and they did not know she was at the ballroom until three days after her death. Yeah, well, we're, we're looking for speedy detectives, aren't we? Yep. Well, uh, 18 months later, after Jemima's death, there was... Uh, a little slither of progress when some detectives who actually did their job noticed some of these similarities. However, like I said, most police did not believe there was a connection. It was theorized that the murderer was a complete stranger in the area due to him being 
seen by several people, but not no one knowing who he was. However, there was some questions coming up about that was if he's a complete stranger, how does he know this area so well? I think that really we're not asking the question, how did they how did he know the women were on their period? We'll get there. Uh, uh, oh, sure. Okay. We'll get there. Don't worry. It gets worse. Uh, detectives would soon have a composite drawing made up. Uh, as I said before, this is the first time in Scottish history that they did this for a, uh, t- or a murder suspect. And they would distribute it among the local population. Undercover police would also case the Barrowland ballroom in hopes to see who the suspect is and gather any information. However, this surveillance program would end in October of 1969 due to no no suspects being identified and also complaints from the ballroom about the presence of police lower attendance. So this is about where everything starts to die down, especially for our third victim, Helen Putak. Whose body was discovered on Halloween of 1969, right after the end of the surveillance program. Uh, Her body was found by a man walking his dog behind a tenement in the Scotson district of Glasgow. Her body was found beside a drain drain pipe in a garden behind her flat. She was found partially naked, extensively beaten in the face, raped, then strangled to death by her own stockings. The contents of her handbag were scattered close to her body, but the handbag itself was missing. There was also grass stains on her feet that indicated that she struggled with the attacker. Her body also had a deep bite mark on her upper right thigh, so maybe the murderer was a werewolf. I don't know. Just a theory. But anyway, like the first two victims, Helen was menstruating at the time of her attack, so maybe it was like a werewolf-shark-bear hybrid. Bear. Told you. It'll come up. A... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, we shouldn't be joking about that. A sanitary towel was also found beneath the victim's left arm. And the previous two victims also had either sanitary towels or tampons located around their uh, corpses. This just reminds me of a Mulaney joke where it's like, in the 1940s, like, oh, we found a uh, pool of blood in the hallway. Ah, gross. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the 40s. Now, you will come to be surprised where Helen was at the night before. It was definitely not a Super Bowl party, but she was at the Barland Bell Room with her sister, Jean Lanford. Both women became acquainted with two men who were both happened to be named John. Now do you see where the John and Bible John comes from now? We've become full cycled in this nomenclature of Bible John. One John said that he worked as a slater and resided in Castle Milk, which is a sister city of White Castle. Mm. That was good. (laughs) The other John was well-spoken, but did not disclose where he lived. A little uh, suspicious here. These girls also had. He he lived in the actual White Castle. Yeah, he lived in the White Castle. They the, the four spent roughly an hour together before leaving to go home. The known John departed on a bus, and the rest of the trio boarded a taxi. They then made a 20-minute journey, kind of like the famed Williams drunk walk between uh, some of us here. There's just some murder involved. Yeah, I could walk a mile. Because <laughs> I will walk Fucking one. right leg doesn't work. <laughs> hey, without that walk, your knee might not have been ready for the softball tournament. Yo, that's fair. You're welcome. Anyway, Billy stopping so many times, I wouldn't have realized that you guys were sitting ducks. No, we were sitting ducks. 
on a cemetery wall <laughs> or a church wall or something. I don't remember. Uh, At least I wasn't wearing a dress. Go back to that. Fair enough. You guys were across the street from the funeral home. Hmm. Well, speaking of some funerals, uh, Jean would leave her sister alone with this uh, John Doe. I'm using John Doe here because, you know, no identity identified. Lanford informed detectives that this man often quoted stories of Moses from the Old Testament in the taxi. She also noted that Bible John referred to Barland as an adulterous den of and of his disapproval of married women women visiting there. So if this dude just starts rambling off Bible verses, I'm throwing myself out of the cab. I'm done. I mean, I wouldn't leave anybody alone. Be like, hey, girl, you on your period? Because it ain't safe. Well, no, she's done, too. Especially because, you know, it's a sister. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, come come back with me. I'll stay here with you. It's in 1940. Yeah, rape is probably the big thing back then. This is 69. No. Oh, yeah. No, rape is definitely a thing, man. Oh, yeah. Do you know what gets me is that Bundy, Ted Bundy, was caught by the imprint that he left in a girl's buttocks by the teeth. And you said that Bible John bit somebody. Yeah. Was it not the technology? We'll get there. Okay. It comes up, actually. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I didn't realize the year. Now I have questions. Yeah, wasn't also Ted Bundy like in the 80s or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, that's why once I started putting time timeline together, I'm like, huh, well, why did this one get caught but the other one didn't? Yeah, I, I've been in here. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, so Gene Lanford would describe the suspect as a tall, slim, well-dressed man, kind of like Gabe from The Office, who I think might have been the Scranton Strangler for anyone who's seen it. Just my personal theory. Anywho, uh, Gene placed uh, this person between the age of 25 and 30 and approximately 5 feet 10 inches in height. And she also brought up the quotations of the Bible that he constantly said. However, of an interesting note, she said that John would deny being a Catholic or a Protestant. Uh, He's reading from the Old Testament. But he was uh, apparently not a religious fellow, according to him. But that's Judaism. Uh, that's also in the Christian Bibles as well. Well, I know it's in the Christian Bibles. They know that too. But like, just Old Testament, that's whole Judaism. Dude's a Jew. Okay, not to be exactly dark here, but um, in the 60s, the Jewish population of Europe didn't quite recover quite yet. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I mean, what's Scotland? Yeah, actually, yeah, Scotland was kind of safe. From that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll look further. There's a read for another time. Anyway, he also uh, made apparent claims at the ballroom. Uh, he only ever prayed there and never consumed alcohol while assuming any married woman there was adulterous. Dude's a total Jew. You know what? He might have been. Gene uh, was able to describe John in greater detail than they had before. Among the information that she provided included a Reed and Taylor suit that he wore, uh, smoked embassy cigarettes, and that he mentioned how he frequented bars and other drinking clubs in the Hoker district of Glasgow, and that he once worked in a laboratory. She also claimed that the man had overlapping front teeth. However, bouncers at the ballroom disputed some of these facts. 
I'm just glad one of my people made the podcast. <laughs> Your people. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to look up bad Jews now. Look, if you Google bad Jews, it just says all of them. <laughs> White supremacist uh, dating sites or some shit. Now, there was a possible last sighting of the killer. As a bus driver noted someone who matched the description provided from police, the bus driver also noticed the man boarding the vehicle at the junction of Dumbarton Road and Gray Street at approximately 2 in the morning, uh, stating that he was in a disheveled state, had mud stains on his jacket, and a bright red mark just beneath on his eye, indicating that he was in some kind of a scruffle or fight or something. Scuffle. Yeah, scuffle. He was in a Donnybrook. Yes. The individual was last seen walking towards a public ferry to cross the Red Flow River Clyde to the south side of the city. That was not a pun. That was an actual thing. In police... Oh, you bastard. <laughs> you fell right into the truck. Oh. It's right. You didn't... Uh, she got you. I win again, son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, neither you put realize the little pun I had before. When I said we came full cycle. Oh, I noticed. Oh. I noticed. Okay, I guess not funny. It wasn't that funny, no. I'm sorry. Um, I'm second, it was I, very subtle. See, I shouldn't know because Fairy was fucked up here. And I, I reread this paragraph before I finished and knew it was fucking correct. I didn't, I didn't fuck up Fairy. I just put red flow in front of River. I was like, what the fuck is a public fry? <laughs> well, it was like a fish fry. Oh, so the paragraph moved. Police soon presented a new theory that Bible John only killed the women because they refused to have intercourse with him due to that uh, horrible time of the month that they went through. That's how we knew. Yep. Each woman was menstruating at the time of death and also had a tampon or towel placed underneath their corpse. Ah, so blue balls is the real thing, huh? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he was uh, not part bear or shark. It was just he tried to have intercourse with these women, and they said no because, you know, the Red River was flowing. So he uh, killed them. I mean, that's just, that's just bad luck. All these women, like, are they all part of, like, a flow committee? Like, that they all cycled the same because... They must follow the same. <laughs> yeah, they worked in the same office, and... Uh... <laughs> they drank the same tea. They're all cycles. Their V fee is hooked up. Their cycles match. That's what happens, girls. They link up. Isn't I've what, seen it happen. Isn't that what LinkedIn's for? No, girls that spend enough time in their their uh, cycles end up circling around and end up being the same time. Well, moving on from that little tidbit. You're welcome. Police would release a new composite wow. sketch of the suspect with the new information presented from the last few witnesses, including the sister of the third victim. Now, these only had minor changes and closely resembled the schedules released after the murder of Gemini McDonald. And the sister who did provide her own information said that it was basically spot on the way it was. So just a few updates. Detective Joe Beatty urged the public to closely study the images for anyone who they may recognize. Due to his unique hairstyle for the time, over 450 hairdressers were shown the drawing. Also, all dentists in the area, in the city, were asked to review their records for a man with overlapping incisors and a missing tooth in the upper right jaw. However, both endeavors proved futile. Oh, so we're, we're coming all full cycle. Full cycle. 
Now, more than 100 detectives worked on this case, and over 50,000 witness statements would be taken. Over 5,000 potential suspects would be questioned, with Gene being present for over 300 identity parades, which, you know, to bring out six, seven people in a little thing and have someone try to identify them. Yeah, you start singing, I want it that way. I want it that way. Number five. Tell me why. Number five, kill one. Ain't nothing but a heart. Um, oh. However, every single person that's brought in would be cleared. The police would have 16 detectives mingle with guests at the ballroom to try and find more information, but uh, as you see the trend here, they failed. Where is all the flow? Oh, oh. shocker. You think they would just yeah, try to hand out tampons, but like, who needs one? All right, you're going to be a target. And you, and you, and you. <laughs> Keep your ke- your Kegel game strong, or you're gonna die tonight. <laughs> this was your idea. <laughs> it was. No further developments would ever be made from the extensive investigation. In this case, would end up becoming a cold case. Most investigators believe that the murderer either died, or was arrested for an unrelated offense, or was committed to a mental hospital, maybe in New York. Others believed that he knew that. Yeah. Others believed that he knew that police was on his trail and he simply fled to a new area, which prompted police to circulate the composites to all British military personnel deployed overseas. Now, this will conclude part one of my little Bible John segment. I shouldn't say series. Yes, segment. There's more? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to make this. There's, yeah, I saw like three or four more pages I could read up right up um basically we'll have next week is we'll dive into the more infamous suspects along with some aftermath of these murders and how these girls were killed in cold-blooded murder speaking of what are what are you guys doing next warm-blooded warm-blooded um i was thinking probably one of our local hauntings i wanted to either do uh one in Toby Hanna, a haunting in Toby Hanna, or the haunting in Well Street in Wilkes-Barre. I haven't decided which one I want to do, but I do want to do a haunted house. A local okay. haunted house. What about you, Billiam? Uh, I think I'm doing the old Fort Erie next week. All right, well, those are topics. I panicked and looked earlier. Well, then we have our topics for next week. Oh, I'm good with that. Goddamn right. I would tell all the rejects are very tired. <laughs> yeah, we lose our spark at the end of the episode. I mean, we all we all got things going on, and we we make sure if you stuck around this far. Great job. Yeah, thanks. Hey, good good on you guys. I mean, thanks. Hey, two hundred fifty followers on Facebook now. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're 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 doing things. To shoot him to Thank uh, you, everyone. 69 with all these shadow cocks. <laughs> Roy Shadowcock. That should be the like the name of the episode. Well, see, I always like to name it because if someone searches a topic on anything, our exit will pop They'll up. pop up. Yep. Yo, facts. I do it all the time. Yep. That's how I got most of my information for this episode. Boom. Oh. Well, that makes sense. But I figure for people that are 
trying to listen to some erotica, and then they end up stumbling across our bullshit. <laughs> and just be so funny, like, what the fuck did I get myself into? But they're too invested to not turn it off. Well, before our tiredness makes us even more silly, that will wrap it up for us here at the Full Sand Rejects. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, be a friend and spread the word. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple with more platformers to come, as I figured this shit out. You did not enjoy this episode. We still appreciate you listening. And you know what? Tell us why you didn't like it so we can, you know, make some adjustments. Follow us on our follow us on social media. Bastard. I thought you were going to forget it. I wrote it down. I'm not reading. It was the next line. I'm not reading. <laughs> follow us on our socials at Full Send Rejects, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And until next time, full fucking send it. Full fucking send it. Fucking send it. <laughs>